Hey everybody, I'm Mikey. And I'm Nikki. And welcome back to another episode of Rhythm and Booze with Mikey and Nikki. Uh, I already said I'm Mikey. <laughs> this is the third time I said it's it. It's okay. Just to drive it home <laughs> if you're not sure who you're listening to right now. <laughs> Obviously, you can we confuse We started it. drinking yeah, already, we, yeah. so we'll just talk about that. A little bit goes a long way. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. This is our second episode. Yeah. We have episodes. We have a show. Yeah, we have episodes. We have lots of episodes. That's why we drink. <laughs> uh, what are we drinking today? We are drinking uh, wine <laughs> called Tall Dark Handsome. I don't even know what kind this is. Tall, dark stranger. Oh. We talked about it many a times, but there's a what reason. What did why. I say? Tall, dark, handsome. Yeah, tall, dark, handsome. I make. I don't know. I'm confused. You mean <laughs> you're cut off? <laughs> tall, dark stranger. Uh huh. Which I was confusing with handsome devil, which is the other one uh, by the same company that we used to drink. And where, uh, where can you get this fine drink? At the finest Target near you. <laughs> It's so true, though. We can't yes. find it anywhere. You can't even find it at uh, uh, Beverages and More or Total Wine, which right. is like has everything for the bougie lifestyle or pretend bougie lifestyle that you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of. It's pretty great. We look at it. my brand new shoes. It's a podcast. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch this. That was for the video. Uh, <laughs> great for great for podcast. Uh, also for the video, but also other people sitting at home. You, hopefully we sound better because uh, I went to Atomic and I raided the place. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I told you, I just went shopping. Yeah. In the back has every bit of audio equipment. Maybe I shouldn't say this. No, but I'll say all that. Uh, <laughs> every bit of audio equipment you could possibly need for any any kind of thing. And we have a brand new board here, which should help us with uh, sound and editing and actually get us out a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. We're so fancy. I know. High this tech. thing This thing is a, a good amount of money and like these microphones are gonna are a good amount of money. And then Mikey like, made sure so to happy. upgrade his microphone uh, and made sure to give me the same one as last time. Just I saying. fucking knew you were going to say something <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, you had to tell me. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, you have one that's from Brett. So it's Brett oh, approved. This is mic? Yeah, this is Brett okay. approved. Yeah. I'm privileged and this one, mic. yeah, this one is just uh, better. So... <laughs> Uh, we we'll made a, starting out we good. made, <laughs> we made a podcast, uh, a couple of weeks ago about the John Baptiste video. I need you. Yeah. And that was, that spurred off so many different ideas that we were like, let's just not make us a one-time thing. We want to make it a, a multiple thing. But in the process, we were both like, uh, we have to listen to our voices. We have to edit it and listen to it again. And, and we had to make sure. And one thing that's really funny because I never wanted to put it on you. Um, but we should always listen to it before we put it out there. And I'm so glad you're like, please send it, please send it. Yeah. How did you feel after listening to it? Uh, shockingly good, actually. Like, <laughs> I, no, I have always been terrified of hearing recordings of my voice, mm -hmm. whether it's class recaps or even like way, way before that. I told Mikey this not long ago, but my friend uh, Tara and I used to record <laughs> like radio shows of ourselves <laughs> with cassette tapes, you know, like. 80s style with the two cassette decks mm -hmm. and we would have uh songs queued up that we from other tapes that we wanted to play so we do our talkie bits and then we play on the other tape deck and play a song and then we go back to the talkie bits <laughs> but since then i've been like terrified to hear my voice back but i heard the podcast and i was like okay yeah sound, we sound like podcasters yeah we sound like podcasters i mean it's <laughs> it's really easy to do this stuff uh shout out to brett and rachel uh, my other co-host of a past podcast called The Bright Side. And uh, hopefully we can get him on the show. That'd be really fun to talk about. Uh, that would be so 
so fun. I think we have, we talked about it before. We have like a really cool topic in mind and it'll be really fun. We'll video it and everything. Yeah. And we'll social distance or we'll do it over Zoom, whatever we need to do. Um, but this has been a really fun experience also to upgrade like this because I always wanted to yeah. like try this whole thing out. And I've seen other podcasts and everything. It, it makes me feel like a, a cooler Joe Rogan. <laughs> cooler? Yeah, it's a little we, bit. We went and looked at like legit <laughs> podcasting equipment <laughs> at Guitar Center. Felt like such an idiot <laughs> asking asked all these all questions. questions. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I was like, but if we get that whole setup, I can't kick back in my chair exactly. like this and be super lazy like Cause, I am. Because so the, the arm will come up and you'll have to talk like this and we'll have to be like this. I can't imagine or, that I could be comfortable. Or we'll have to like, like sit in front of a table and like look at each other like this. So proper. Yeah, I don't not, like it. I don't I, like it's it. really hard for me to sit with my feet on the ground. <laughs> It just is. Yeah. I have to have at least one leg up on the chair all the time. Yeah. It's just how it's, it has to it's be. the class yeah. deficiency. I get it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. So thank you everybody for listening to the last one. Uh, and this week we have a brand new uh, topic. Um, the name of it that we're going with is accepting artistry. And the idea that where we started as dancers, we never thought we would get to a point where we would uh, be teaching around the world, let alone be in music videos or <laughs> having a podcast or all this different kind of stuff. But we feel like through our time uh, together and apart, we've learned what it means to to be an artist for ourselves. Right. And I think that the title of an artist, especially for Lindy Hoppers, is something that's really difficult to accept. Totally. And so it's, it's about how do we come to accept that we are artists and mm -hmm. what does that mean to us? So that's what we're going to explore today. We're going to jump right into it because uh, we don't have that quip money yet. So you're not going to get an ad right now. Or <laughs> MeUndies. I'll take some MeUndies <laughs> too. Why great. not? Anybody listening out there. Matching MeUndies. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I want to feel comfy. Um, I think I saw some the other day. It was like a Star Wars one that I actually liked. <laughs> I'm talking about it way too much. They're not. We're not getting any money for this, goddammit. Uh, okay, so jumping right into it. We thought we would define for ourselves what we would think an artist was way back when we were kids, before we ever dreamed of doing all this stuff as a professional living. We were doing it like, I feel like for me, I'm talking for myself, as like a side hustle. It was mm -hmm. like this fun thing uh, we could do on Wednesday nights or weekends or Fridays and right. just go out and have a good time. But a hobby, a hobby. And I think through time, I felt like an artist was something that wasn't attainable for someone like me. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like the, yeah. I the yeah, idea totally that agree. the idea that um, I was kid from Orange County, that that story doesn't sound any, any fun. <laughs> and also like. It never felt right to to be a dancer or a Lindy Hopper in particular and and call myself an artist or make myself a professional, um, mostly because a lot of other people that did, uh, the very few people that did, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really like them or their dancing or yeah. their, their choices they made. And I didn't want to be like that. But I, I think uh, throughout throughout time of artists, I feel like they they'd done this like amazing things like like paint and chisel and and and, <laughs> and do these like installation arts around the world you know like the big yellow umbrellas yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in california if you remember that one then good but if not i'm not gonna get into it but like that's artistry to me like doing these big magnificent magnificent uh uh artworks out for the public's consumption i'm like i i don't know if i could ever do that yeah. but it does sound interesting i i always felt that 
Ortis, Ortis, Artis, I can't talk today. Keep I don't drinking. Know what's wrong with me? I, yeah. I always thought that artists were these like ethereal, extraordinary beings that were mm. just born that way. Right. And they were just born to create. And I never saw myself as an artist ever, ever, ever. Mm. Um, I'm a, I come from a very like sports minded, uh, meat and potatoes kind of family. Right. And that was just not a thing. I just never, never thought that, even though I was always very interested in the arts, I never considered it was something that I could ever be. It Why? just seems so far-fetched. Um, like I said, I thought, I thought that was something, like people were just born with these artistic talents. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew I couldn't draw. I know I can't sing. You know, so <laughs> yeah. for me, yeah. it's like, well getting into dancing i it took a long long time to start to think of the art mm-hmm. behind the dance mm-hmm. because so much of it especially when we're starting out is technical it's exactly learning. so it's it's really hard to think creatively you know early on and i think that brings us into the next kind of idea of this is is the finding out the troubles or the, the blocks in our mind or in our in our vicinity whether we grew up uh, in Orange County or, you know, in the, in, in the Victorvilles mm-hmm. the, of the high desert. Um, that, that can be really hard to get out of, I hear. It's uh, so I congratulate Andy. you for getting out of there. <laughs> I escaped. <laughs> but uh, I think the troubles in general, like um, when you bring up sports and everything, like definitely I, I had the same idea. But when I think back now, I think of like someone like Pele or Maradona, mm. like fuck, like the guy who just passed away, yeah. who was consumed with turmoil but like still died a legend of argentina and then on top of that like every other baseball or football star that you know out there um knowing what i know now and looking back i'm like those were artists yeah those were artists to me because Mm -hmm. they 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 created a moment in time that was shared by a huge community Hmm. and they will have that memory forever and i feel like that can be artistry in itself um working passionately for something a goal and in this case the sports sports sense a goal is really a goal a point uh, meeting the end zone <laughs> yeah, making, making making <laughs> making the ball into the hoop zone um <laughs> i think i mean even with the super bowl just happening like that mm-hmm. that is very emotional and and we both talked about that before like it's it's in a culmination of a lot of dreams and then they show like little kids like playing in the backyard and then yeah. all of a sudden there they are like being the quarterbacks of, of like these amazing teams but I think the trouble is with not just Americans, but I'm going to definitely focus on a little more on Americans. But like, I think the trouble is that we make this glass ceiling for ourselves. And I've used this analogy before where it's just like this glass ceiling that like we can see through it. We could see that like stars are born up there, mm-hmm. but we think we can't pass right, through it's it. It's not attainable. Yeah. But then as Americans, we have so many artists you know, I'm looking at the wall right here next to us and you have the, the, the doors and like Jim Morrison and everybody like that pass through that. They get through all of their troubles just so they can make it up there. And it's so far and few in between. Yes. But like, honestly, like if you don't even think about it as a, as a glass ceiling anymore, you are able to break through so many more barriers mm-hmm. because we're all going to make our own little barriers getting on the way there or goals, whatever you, way you want us to think of it. And I think that in itself can be a trouble and like that can stifle a lot of people from actually seeing it through and becoming and feeling like they are an artist right i think that if if you don't grow up in an artistic family yeah uh it it definitely feels like 
it's completely unattainable. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's where I come from. And I was an athlete. I played, you know, soccer. I also did things like drill team and, <laughs> and things like that. But it was, it was very, like, regimented. Yeah. Everything I did was very regimented. I never considered myself, like, an innovator in soccer. You right, know, right, like right. That wasn't a thing. So um, everything, art was so out of my reach. And I think that I always admired artists so Mm -hmm. much and I've always felt that my mom was very artsy Mm -hmm. even though she probably would say she's not Mm -hmm. uh just her like craftiness that I would see or her her ability to help me with school projects I would see like her vision of how things would be and she just just had such a clear artistic view of that and I uh that's kind of what I always hoped I would take away was to be able to do those kind of things with my kids, yeah, that totally. kind of artistic side. I never, ever anticipated I would go this other route. Mm-hmm. Speaking <laughs> of. Speaking of, Junie, would you like to come say hi? He forgot we're recording. Yeah, it's I think okay. he forgot. He's probably <laughs> hungry. <laughs> He's probably oh. in his underwear again, too. <laughs> he wants to play a video game on his PS4, and he's like, <laughs> Oops! Oops. <laughs> Running back up. So uh, the idea of parents, especially like that, that whole idea, I consider again. It's like in hindsight, like mm-hmm. your parents were artsy, but also like really hard workers, and that I passion. I don't feel like, think my parents were artsy though. That's a yeah, thing. But I, th- I, th- I think they realized it in the the music they like. I think my dad was yeah. very into music, and that yeah. that inspired me a lot, yeah. and a lot of my musical influences are because of my dad. But see, that's what I mean. Like that, sure, that yeah. I mean, and it's artsy. Like you right, can right. realize it, recognize it, yeah. see it through somebody else's eyes, like especially with music. Yeah. And I feel like you my, can see how it affects them. Exactly. Right. And then it affects us mm-hmm. in a certain way as well. Like I feel my mom's like hard work ethic, like crazy, but like passionate work ethic, like mm-hmm. showed me that, that like you can push through these barriers. Yeah. As long as you work really hard, something good will come out. If not, something different will come out. Uh, and then my dad being exactly the same way as your dad, like listening to so many types of music right. and, and like such an education from but like everything on that wall back there is like exactly the same thing for me. Yeah. But he was also an artist. In right. The sense I was going to say, but your dad's an actual yeah, artist. <laughs> yeah. He's like really, really, really freaking good. <laughs> and and um, that was always around. But how does that shape your perception of him as an artist? I, I think I think I consider him an artist and I kind of diminish my fe- feeling of it, especially mm-hmm. a long time ago. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this before mm-hmm. where I would feel like my dad and my brother are both really good at drawing, like really good at painting, really good at making crafty things. And I was like, I, I was left over here in the cold being like, I want to play too. I can draw. <laughs> and so my dad got me like this light table uh-huh. where like the light underneath yeah, so yeah. I can trace everything and be like, look, I did it too. <laughs> No, I drew Aladdin. Yeah, I know he's only two inches, but like, it's <laughs> fine. Like I did it. And, yeah. uh, and then you helped me to realize a, a while back ago that, that just because my, uh, my passions didn't align with theirs doesn't mean I wasn't an artist as much as they are. And, and my canvas happened to be myself and my dancing. Yeah. And, and that was, again, like that was a trouble. Like I couldn't perceive it that way. I saw someone else as an artist and not myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that's it. That's a big barrier to cross and a big threshold to, to, to meet. That's one of those things. And I think that's, that kind of brings us to uh, our next topic, which would be, when did you start to realize mm-hmm. that you were an artist? No, you. No, you. No, you. You're the first one on the list. <laughs> oh, man. Mikey takes really, really good notes, and he has to uh, p- 
put them in really big font so yeah. that I can see them <laughs> from across the table. I don't have my glasses on. If you ever want to mess with her, <laughs> do one of two things. One, stand really far away and try to hold up a sign. It's hilarious. And then the other one is just pretend if she's listening. <laughs> I had LASIK. Uh, <laughs> it worked uh, real good. <laughs> it did. It worked great for about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just declining daily. Uh, okay, so I think that as a Lindy Hopper, I never considered myself an artist until mm-hmm. after I got into burlesque. And it's it's kind of, I came about it at a really roundabout way. I yeah. think as a Lindy Hopper, I was always attached to another person. Right. I was always attached to a partner. And I felt like I was always adapting uh, to a partner. Mm. And this is those in earlier days. Yeah. Uh, where I was still so new, but I was taken under the wing of so many advanced dancers like mm. you and Nick and and just so many people in our local scene and so I, I always felt like I was learning I wasn't an artist I was learning right. I never I never made a point to form my own decisions and, mm-hmm. and thoughts about the dance until I actually started teaching right. um, and even then you know like early on as a teacher I felt like I was regurgitating things that I heard other people say, yeah. you know, like, what are you doing with that rock step? And you're thinking back about like, like past lessons and going, and going yeah. bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> here's the thing that someone told me in two years ago. Yeah. But then, you know, I think you, know, you start to, to figure out your own thoughts and feelings on, mm-hmm. on what you think works for you and, mm-hmm. and what you believe in the dance. And, um, that's, I think where it starts, yeah. but I didn't accept that. I didn't totally. realize it. It wasn't until I got into the burlesque scene, which forced me to be a soloist, which forced me to think completely 100% from the ground up, from the music, costume, uh, order of operations, performance. And at the same time I started performing, I started producing. In Real the quick. same show. Real quick. Uh-huh. Explain to the kids what burlesque is. Not your kids, the kids listening at home. Burlesque is fancy stripping. <laughs> Perfect. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's the best thing. Yeah. I think, this, I think, well, you told me that a long time ago and I was like, finally, I can say it. Like, it's okay. I thought it was like this hidden thing. You know, it was a stripping. They are one and the same. Yeah. And they, anybody who says they uh, are not, I wholeheartedly disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a saying that I love and that it's uh, strippers make money. And burlesque dancers make costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true. And, so true. You know, we can always hope for, you know, more, but it is what it is. Uh, so anyway, when I started performing burlesque, mm. it was the exact same show that I started producing. Mm. And I had been performing uh, in burlesque shows for a long time in a chorus girl group. And I was around it. I knew what it was. I was interested in it, mm-hmm. you know, like kind that's, of like tiptoe. Like that's where it always it's starts. It's a typical story, yeah. right? You start in the chorus yeah. and then you end up a soloist. Start in the chorus. You love the glitter. You start looking at the costumes. Uh-huh. Then you start to buy your yep. own little diamonds and little crystals. Yep. And then all of a sudden, whoops, there Oops. goes my bra. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but what happens when you're not only a burlesque performer, but a, a burlesque producer, you're mm-hmm. curating your persona. You're curating what it is that you're putting out into the world and you're curating the show from top to bottom Mm -hmm. and the people that you have in your show. And so I feel like that's when I started to accept that I'm thinking of this 
uh, as an art. I'm thinking of myself as an artist and mm-hmm. I'm accepting that. And it took a lot of time, you know, as we said, as Lindy Hoppers, it's really hard for Lindy totally. Hoppers to accept the fact that they're artists, especially early on. Yeah. Especially, I, I think the idea in, in Lindy Hop is a couple different things. Like, uh, obviously, I can't speak on burlesque. I can speak on a perception of it being uh-huh. being helping you produce things and, and, and being uh, in the stage management of it all. Mm-hmm. But I think with, with Lindy Hop, the partner thing is a really, really big thing that doesn't necessarily get talked about a lot. And, and I think it gets talked about in the diminished roles that uh, followers are given unfortunately Mm -hmm. that we've now Mm -hmm. tried in our in our later years to to um, put a spotlight on yeah and i think the rest of the community has as well as i feel that a lot of lindy hoppers the really really most amazing ones that i think of first are follows yeah and i I think that's a really true testament to not only us but the rest of our generation to be able to push that forward and i think that that kind of started to change with our generation i think we were the we were kind of the last of the leaders first right you know oh totally and uh i unfortunately felt the brunt of that a lot yeah. in my lindy hop career mm-hmm. uh but that was how it was at the time yeah. and it's amazing nowadays to see female lindy hoppers getting top billing solo as soloists. as soloists, yeah. and i think i think that's that's like a whole subject in itself that we could mm-hmm. talk about another that's time good. and in the same aspect of it all um discovering what it means to be an artist and, and, and realizing that that it's not a end goal it's not the artist isn't the the finish line and you're there now what like that sounds completely contrary to me and i feel like that drives people crazy yeah. or drives people to to uh, think very highly of themselves and then have very very bad um anxiety about it mm-hmm. uh speaking on my own cases mm-hmm. especially because i feel like once i felt like let me back back up one step. Um, in Lindy Hop world, I feel like the end all job and point of you made it is is like you being able to teach right. and teaching at these places around the world and being called mm-hmm. upon and and mm-hmm. and asked for. And I think that's great, but that's one of the many stages that can possibly happen. And I feel like I only can only say that now because I've been there and I was going like, what now? Yeah. You know, and, and while it was amazing and, and I've made great experiences and, and really horrible experiences as well, but like at the same time, like, and everything in between, um, mm-hmm. I think now looking back, it's like, I shouldn't have thought of it that way. And, and if we can impart anything on this podcast at this moment right now, it's that there are levels to it. Like, for instance, if we tell people as they as they begin Lindy hopping or burlesque, like Mm -hmm. you did your first class. Great. You're like a finger painter now. (laughs) Like you're like starting out this stuff. You're going to what is it called? Like um, easels and wine or something like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where you go out and you drink and you you just paint with friends. Like remember the former friends? Uh, (laughs) Remember (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think, oh, man, I would kill for one of those right now. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I think. that is a beginning stage. Like if you go out and you didn't know you had this skill and all of a sudden you, you, you start showcasing it in this nice way and you mm-hmm. get a compliment, like that's, that's another goal right there. You get a compliment right away. And I think that translates into many different stages and it translates directly over to uh, uh, um, social media mm-hmm. and the idea that you can put something out there. The canvas is, is whatever you make it to be, whether it be a video, a picture, um, I don't know, like a time-lapse thing or yeah. a silly thing. We've seen mm-hmm. so many, like, oh crack God. up so hard I, on some reels. 
can sit that my son and I sit there with, yeah. and even yeah. you sit there with uh, reels and yeah. just die laughing in the innovation and the hilarity that people yeah. are putting out there. It's insane. Right it's incredible. Bef- right before that, it was like everything posting any kind of videos or like memes. And then right before that was like all the stuff on YouTube. Like we like uh, one of the first like comedic groups. I forget the name right off the top of my head, but Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish mm-hmm. Gambino, became one of his like first stepping stones into the industry uh, of of everything he does was becoming a part of his troop that was on YouTube. Hmm. Like that yeah. itself for me is like telling me so many times. Imagine how many artists, you know, like musicians or anything right. else they started in this, in this field. Like this yeah. is the new way of being discovered or putting yourself out there. Or in my case, what I think of it as a canvas. Okay. So I think that's a good segue to your story. Yeah. And you've done all kinds of things between Lindy Hop and you had your vlog yeah. and you had your other podcast. Yeah. Like you, you've been felt this need to put yourself out there. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, I think it also came from like understanding that there's been other people that have tried it and I love picking apart the things that I liked and like putting it together. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the idea of YouTube and the idea of a, a, a vlog or a video log, um, became because I watched this guy named Phil DeFranco. I still do. Yeah. I still watch it like 15 years later. I I tell you about it every day. I'm like, I listen to this thing on YouTube (laughs) and and I'm like, I know she knows what I'm talking about when I just tell you. Yeah, I know. We'll get out of limit time. (laughs) Anyways, so (laughs) (laughs) I listen to a podcast too much and I call him my friend. So Anyways, I listen to this thing called Phil DeFranco and he does like a, uh, like his take on the, on the news. And I was trying to do the same thing with Lindy Hop and I was trying to do it like once a month. Mm-hmm. And it was such a big thing. And I yeah. made it so much bigger and so much more complicated than I needed to that it kind of like shut me off to it. But I learned so many things like how to use iMovie yeah. and how to use like editing software to like do these different little things and how to make myself sound better, how to light myself a little better with like just like little lamps on, on, on a uh, what's that called? A fan. a fan, fan. Thank you. <laughs> On a fan, and uh, and all sorts of little things. But then that translated into other social medias like Facebook and Instagram, and like just being interested to see what's out there and who's doing what, and seeing what kind of uh, inspiration I can get from other people, especially comedians, especially people that like put themselves out there and like sit in front of a video camera or like a phone or whatever, and just like goes and goes and goes and goes, yeah. and they cut it, and it's just like such a cool thing. Um, I definitely feel like I started using a lot of platforms very early on and, and I don't by any means see myself as a professional at that, <laughs> but I consider myself like a finger painter in the idea of social media, uh, enthusiast, enthusiast as a, as a, is on my Instagram. Um, but I think in general, like that helps me realize it even more like that if I just put myself into it, like put a part of myself into it, mm-hmm. like dedicate it or passion or like whatever you want to call it, time and effort, then then I, I, I only get what I give in. So if I'm giving just a little bit, then I'm just going to get like maybe cool, one cool little thing about it, like maybe one video that like really pops and people really dig or something like that. Or uh, I'll put in a lot of time, a lot of effort to try to understand things and see what works, comedic timing, dance timing, mm-hmm. uh just putting something else for someone else. Like we did the atomic uh, video showcase and we did uh, a whole video production for, for students and their teachers uh, outdoors and different places. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like I wouldn't have been able, been able to do a lot of that stuff, produce a lot of that stuff if it wasn't for the stuff I had done way before. So even if I didn't see the point of using that skill way back then, I did use it 
just recently and i'm like whoa okay so there's there's some sense there so now right. i can go to the next level of what that meant of my artistry or the thing i'm passionate about mm-hmm. so when did you actually start to consider yourself an artist oh man it wasn't even until like what i consider recently like in the last like five years i would say mm-hmm. like yeah I, I think that's, that's consistent with myself too. Yeah. yeah and i think for me it wasn't until i started doing the lindy hop thing as in like traveling and teaching and dancing the way i wanted to do it i was finding that i was not having fun with it anymore and it was Mm -hmm. it felt like too much of the the job i didn't want to go to and i know that was wrong for my myself and not not saying like that like i shouldn't do that job anymore but like it's like that's a weird feeling so i wanted to rework everything and one of the things that came to my mind was something you said to us said to me a long time ago Mm -hmm. which is the idea is like i want to do this the way i want to do this right you know it doesn't mean like fuck everybody i'm going to i'm going to west coast no it's like (laughs) it's uh it's more like it's more like right being able to say no to a gig because i need a time off or being able to take a gig because i want to go there and i want to spend a little time and i want to get to know these people and and i i I have friends there or like i tell friends to go there like when you're excited about the thing you're about to go to a goal Mm -hmm. then you want to tell everybody else that you want to go and then it all it does is create a community within another community that builds on each other and then supports everybody else so i i feel like at that point, I started to call myself a creator. I still couldn't tell myself I was an artist. I was like, I'm creating things. I'm creating moods. I'm creating stuff like all the stuff I created with Kevin. Like yeah. it, that was a that was a chapter. But like I think, <laughs> but I think at the same time, it was definitely in that same time. I'm creating yeah. things. I'm doing fun things or right. making people funny or making making um, uh, fun videos for people to consume around this culture. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started to consider. That's another level. Okay, cool. I'm almost there. Like through artistry. <laughs> yeah. But what about you? What did you? How did you start? feeling that way oh, or when did when did you was there a specific moment uh i would say it was a a couple years into burlesque uh lindy hop had kind of taken a back seat right. at that point and then i started to ramp up my lindy hop again with another partner while you were traveling the world <laughs> getting in a lot <laughs> <And> of trouble <laughs> <laughs> i felt i felt i was finding myself um very stifled as a follow Mm. and feeling like I didn't really uh, have a voice. And then I would go social dancing and I would just have these nights where I would just dance my ass off and things would come out that I have never done before. I've never thought about. And I started to feel like, okay, there's more happening here. And it, it really started to come up, come about when I was doing all this creating new acts for uh, burlesque and the coolest thing about burlesque is that we perform the same acts over and over and over again mm-hmm. and uh they change they change every time we do them they change based on the vibe of the audience they change based on the interaction with the audience and so just getting more and more comfortable uh improvising is it more choreographed or is it more improvised what would you think it is uh, for yourself it's different for everybody um for me i would say it's usually about maybe 70% choreographed, sometimes less, Mm -hmm. Uh, just because you never know. And something could go wrong with a costume and you got to improvise. Something Mm -hmm. could go wrong with the audience or something could go really, really right and you're just in the moment and Mm -hmm. you want to roll with it. Mm -hmm. So I think um, getting better at improvising, I found that starting to cross over into my social dancing and I started to find this freedom that I never had before and I started to like, uh, claim it for myself and I started to recognize that this 
this was me. This was me creating. This was me creating art. In the moment. In the moment, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, sometimes I could call on it later, you know, right. those, that improv. And um, sometimes I couldn't. And I, I've, I've always had this Shesha Marvin quote in my head since I first started dancing. And that's dance is art and art is moody. Mm-hmm. And I truly wholeheartedly believe that. And I, I think that you can attribute that to, let's say you have a horrible day of work and you go out dancing and you just have the best time. You're able to let go and it, it shifts your mood. Totally. And you, you're creative and you're inspired. But then the opposite can happen too. You can have a horrible day and then mm-hmm. you go dancing and nothing works. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, I th- I feel like uh, your your artistry can ebb and flow with your emotions, and um, I started to really accept and pay attention to those things. And I found that um, I was allowing myself not only freedom to improvise when I was dancing, but freedom to pause and take time teaching when I was in a class situation, right? right, Like take a moment to really think about what I felt and, and be clear. Um, I was finding that just everywhere across the board. And I started to just pay attention mm-hmm. and notice that my emotions were affecting everything. It's, uh, it's very poignant about that because we talked about that about our last one too and how much we tend to pause and how it's noticeable. But also it's like, it's 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 a couple different thoughts. One, it's it's the thought that we need to be as fast as uh, our thirty-minute sitcoms that we watch, right. <laughs> and we need to like have the mm-hmm. answer for it immediately, mm-hmm. you know. But really, we don't work like that. Our life yeah. isn't a TV show, and it's not a movie where people know and scripted. We have to be thoughtful, and the more at peace you can be with thinking and being mindful i think in general will take you to a whole nother level of of being and then you can apply that to everything in life so not just the artistry of dance or 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 performing but like just being at a restaurant and being Mm -hmm. mindful with a person and and being understanding that that thing so i feel like a lot of that stuff we're talking about is crosses over Mm -hmm. and ends up being more like this is who i am yeah. Not opposed, uh, not saying that, that it's not really good to like really section off your brain and like think about this one thing, but it's just like, once you do that, I feel like a lot of the times we'll take that energy and we'll spread it all across our life mm-hmm. as in like every aspect, whether it's from sad to happy and everything in between, you know, yeah. every emotion needs to come in play. And we talked about it the other day too, is like with the yin and yang right. and the idea that like, it's not good and evil. That's, that's the misconception. It's, it's like more of the thoughtful and the spiritual mm-hmm. or the, the mind and your soul. Right. And we talked about this specifically about rehearsals. Yes. Because we have this, you know, when you walk into a rehearsal space where it's fluorescent lights and it's <laughs> a big open floor and it's just us and now mm-hmm. we just have each other exactly. in the room and I know that I feel super stifled by mm-hmm. that situation. Whereas if we're at Joe's, which is a dive bar in LA where we used to go dancing, <laughs> <laughs> we just did that at the same time. Yeah. It happens. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, you're in a dark room. Maybe you've had a drink. We're you're paneling. Surrounded. <laughs> you're surrounded by other people. It kind of allows for that, you know, that improv, that artistic yeah. vibe to I mean, just naturally flow. There's so many writers and like great, 
screenplay screenplay writers as well uh screenplay writers <laughs> that uh that would always have their spot at a bar mm-hmm. and like they'd have their best epiphanies then you yeah. know like and that's a whole nother thing like where where and when and what time and what feeling you have to be in to do all that stuff but i think i want to go back to just a, a thing you said before where like sometimes you go out and you have the best night ever and you don't know where it came from or you're going there and you want to have that or you're already in a bad mood and it sends you in a worse mood or you're already in a bad mood and it gets you in a better mood yeah. i think a lot of that like uh, for me that when i hear that it's it's something that i also think about uh, in my time in traveling around Europe a lot was like going to museums mm-hmm. and seeing a lot of exhibits being like the early days of, of who we consider as artists now that have passed away in their journals and their sketchbooks. And you can see these kind of like outlines and just these little books and like in pen or pencil rather. And then you can see like an outline of something and then all of a sudden they, it like flashes forward and the next is it part of the exhibit like 10 years later and then there it was. And even right. then, that that artist is never happy with that. Yeah, you know, and they're and they're just thinking like, oh, I, I should have done this and I should have done that and like whatever. So like, understanding that like that is a point in time, especially in the dance scene, mm-hmm. that's a point in time that's past. Right. Don't live through in that moment or through that moment. Live to the next moment. That one already passed. But I think in the same time is that that's how I attribute it. If I'm going into a studio atmosphere and a feeling there, like I know I'm not gonna make a beautiful masterpiece piece of art you know like it's gonna be <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a oh my god what the fuck did i just do like <laughs> and then i t- turn to you and like how did i do that and I'm like I, what do you need me to do i don't know what do you need <laughs> me to do because i don't know what i just figured out five times what over is your plan yeah. so many times where i'm like i have five different ideas in my head and i can't decide on which one you know and like and, and yeah. that's not a that's not a like a a, a push on me in, in the sense of like oh look i came up with five moves no i i came up with five moves but i can't remember what the five moves were <laughs> you know yeah. like it's such a crazy thing and i go in there every time knowing that i'm i feel deficient i mm. feel like i'm not good enough i feel nervous yeah. i feel anxious like i feel a certain way but when i start dancing in any moment I'm like looking at you, I'm connecting with you, I'm connecting with the music, and I can be anywhere in the world. And it doesn't matter because I'm I'm trying to be within this moment because it's mm-hmm. so easy to fall in that moment. And then and then the wellspring starts to, to, to flow and all this stuff just starts coming out. And sometimes I can catch it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I pretend to catch it. <laughs> sometimes I have no idea what it is. Yeah. And sometimes it, it just catches me and it blows me over. Yeah. And I feel like it, we have to go through those moments, mm-hmm. as all of us, in different ways. Obviously, yeah. I, I, I know you go through it a different way. and right. But I, I, I know for me, like, I just have to, like, like roll up my sleeves and roll up my pants and, like, get in there and try yeah. to figure it out as best I can. Uh, something that I think was really, really beneficial for me that I started doing over the past couple of years is I would just go into the studio myself. Yep. I would put on the party lights and I would put on uh, music, mm-hmm. not music that I would typically dance to. Definitely not Lindy Hop music. <laughs> it was usually like that band Two Face, mm. or something like super moody. moody. <laughs> yeah, super moody that yeah, would just kind of move me. Yeah. And I would always record. Uh, I would I would set up my camera and I would just dance around mm-hmm. and I would try to do things that are outside of my comfort zone. Right. And this was definitely more burlesque vibes. Yeah. You know. Um, but it really helped me discover how I move and get comfortable with how I move and mm-hmm. how I improvise so that we could start to take those things or I could start to take those things to the stage. And that's a thing that when we practice in the studio, I still have a hard time with because right. I am attached to you right. and I am trying to be the best follow I can be, which is, yep. you know, again, beat into us yep. from our, our uh, upbringing in the dance. 
Uh, like you said, we're the last generation that was like yeah. lead centric. But, but that's the thing. I'm still always absolutely fighting. when I'm social dancing, it's not there. Yeah. But we're in a studio setting. It definitely creeps in. Yeah. And that's that's the, that's the kind of like. Like, I feel like we, we put ourselves out there and like, everything's hunky dory. Everything's great. But, you know, like we <laughs> we don't 30 seconds yeah. out of a two hour. Rehearsal. Yeah. And, and like, I'm not saying we fight or anything, but like no. definitely, definitely we get to a point where we're just like, I don't know what you mean. You don't know what I mean. Nothing's what working. do we do? Yeah. But that's part of the process. Right. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. But I, I think at the same time, um, everything you just said about like you going to the studio and burlesque and everything is exactly the same thing that I've adopted. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel that that has only made us a little bit better every time. Like we get in there, uh, maybe dance once or twice and then video a little bit and then pick it apart and then maybe come up with a routine or maybe just keep dancing like we can go in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in general, like videoing and trying to capture lightning in a bottle in that way right. might be really, really good. And I think through that process, us growing as our process grows, I feel like we're able to get to another stage in this whole sense of artistry and, and accepting it more and more every time. Right. Um, that whole thing being said, now we're, we, I mean, we kind of crossed already into it. It's like, yeah. how do we feel about being an artist or do we even call ourselves an artist? So do you call yourself an artist or what do I you do. call yourself? I do. And I think that, uh, I think, oh, it is a difficult thing to accept. Uh, I do consider myself an artist. I think that everything in my life is approached from an artistic view. Mm-hmm. I think the way that I think about business, um, I think that the way that I think about Lindy Hop or the way that we, uh, as a partnership, mm-hmm. uh, produce what we do, I think is is an art. Uh, I think producing my show is an art. What's the show? Muse Burlesque. Well, we're, we're on <laughs> hiatus indefinitely <Yeah. laughs> because... Obviously. Yeah, but even then, like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to touch on that real quick because the idea is that we we did three, four shows during the pandemic for Muse. Yes, we, did. we did two outside, mm-hmm. socially distanced, like w- outside of Atomic Ballroom in the one, parking lot. One outside of Atomic and one outside well, of. Well, two in one night. I'm two still counting. Night, I'm right? still counting that. Yeah, I'm still did. counting that two in one night. Mm-hmm. And then we went to downtown Santa Ana, which they had a whole setup. They closed down the street for these two bars. Copper on third. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, we set up a stage and we put on a show, socially distanced again. Mm-hmm. Um, we were so s- afraid because of any yeah. social backlash, but also at the same time, we don't want anybody to get sick. Yeah, that was our most important thing. And I think through the idea of, sorry, I'm just going to steamroll over you real quick because that was a point of view and then it's you. Yep. I think through your vision of like what it could be during these matters and trying to make this whole thing work again, your canvas being this strange time we're living in, uh, you accomplished a lot and, and it was really great to see it because I know a lot of doubt creeps in and anxiety creeps in, but you still held steadfast and it made everybody else feel better about it. There's also a reason why I haven't done it since. Like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's, you know, I love producing shows more mm-hmm. than anything else. Right. Shows and events. That is, that's my favorite. Um, besides like social dancing and performing. Mm-hmm. I love to produce and, it's just so nerve wracking to feel that I'm putting anybody at risk in any way by even if we're social distance, even if we're wearing masks, even if we're spaced out in dressing room situation. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's stressful. It right would now. kill me if somebody got sick. And exactly. I, I, I don't want that. Exactly. For anybody. So the, the anxiety of all of that definitely, you know, stopped that. But also 
I love to perform in other people's live stream yeah. shows. <laughs> but you I, found the artistry in that now. Yeah, but I'm not really interested in producing a live stream right. show. But I love what people are coming up with for live stream shows. I've got to come up with some things that I never, ever would have had mm. the opportunity to do um, on a burlesque stage. It right. would never happen. Right. I, I mean, we're out in the elements. You yeah, know? Yeah. We're, we're in the ocean. Yeah. That, and, uh, along with so many other friends yeah. that we see doing the same thing, like uh, like Mizan mm-hmm. and Anita and uh, Egypt, yeah. like with that whole show uh, featuring Mistosh. all mm-hmm. all black artists in, oh in burlesque. It was yeah, so beautiful. Was uh, we'll talk about this a whole nother time, especially we're planning to have uh, some burlesque artists on the show so we can talk to them about what they've done in the pandemic and how they find their artistry and how it's uh, maybe pivoted in sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think also another way that I've seen in, in you through burlesque was during the shows during, during pre pandemic, mm-hmm. you would grab the microphone and talk on the microphone and you had this, like, I, I always call it your real voice. <laughs> and I, and it yeah. little do you, any you, anybody knows, she has a real voice, and you're hearing it right now because it's liquor gets her g- quicker. It's <laughs> my first glass. Yeah, yeah, I know. Easy. Yeah, but you're 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 definitely when you start drinking, you definitely have this confident boost, and I think that's that's the positive thing. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying yeah. it always happens. What I'm saying is is that was one of the reasons I'm like I know you can call upon this. It doesn't just take some liquor. <laughs> I was just making it as a joke. Thoughts. Yeah, you have thoughts, <laughs> and. And you, I think if it wasn't for those times and plus more of your past in general, yeah. building the confidence up, uh, having you become the MC of Inspiration Weekend was just like the easy slam dunk. God and damn, I know, that was fun. I know. No, Fuck, I am missing that. that like yeah. right now, this time of year, we're normally produ- uh, producing Inspiration Weekend, which is our... We're Pedrosine, yeah. yeah Pedrosine, yeah, Inspiration Weekend. I get it, I get it. Producing. <laughs> Inspiration Weekend. <laughs> Um, yeah, where I got to MC last year, which was insane. It was awesome. It was great. And I think in this culture, again, uh, transferring over from a lead centric thing to more inclusive everybody thing, and especially for women, like I think it was like the best move we could have made as Inspiration Weekend. But not only that, like you killed it like you did great and and i'm so you glad nice. like you got to feel a thing that i felt before yeah. where it's like i have power <laughs> everyone will listen to me and also <laughs> you will laugh because i'm funny it happens that way i rhinestone my mic yeah you did <laughs> I like, don't touch my mic That's i just fucking i just it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly no male in the booth was like everyone was like why, why is this they didn't know what to do with themselves it was like someone like held their it's penis so for the first pretty, time though. Like, what, is, what is going on <laughs> Okay, here you go. Anyways, but I saw it today and I was like, yeah. I almost brought it too. You should have brought it. I, I know. should be holding a but no, but that's, right now. That's the, that's, so disappointed. that's the, the, the wireless mic. I don't know how to oh, use wireless. Okay. I know it'll okay. plug into here, but anyways. All right, but enough about me. Enough about you. Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, you guys know that Mikey's like really good at editing. <laughs> shit, like songs and videos. Mm. And I am so thankful that he figured out how to use a gimbal. Yeah. <laughs> A gimbal, if if you don't know, it's it's like a steady cam for an iPhone. Yeah. And they're incredible. And I the reason I've been able to do so many live stream shows uh throughout the pandemic is because Mikey's really fucking good at a gimbal yeah. and editing. Um uh, and these are things that I am not good at. <laughs> 
at all. This all of this stuff <laughs> that takes to set this up, I am happily uh, washing my hands yeah. of it <laughs> and letting patting, you take the patting my back. And I'm like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. Keep going. Keep no, talking no, about me. But keep you, talking about you've me. It's taken fine. on so much. <laughs> Between, like, I didn't know you could edit videos like yeah. that. I was watching him edit a video video for one of our student showcases. And I was just like, how do you know how to do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of hot keys and also, like, seeing my seeing what I want to get to. And then, like, okay, I just need five seconds here. What, what can I do for five seconds? Um, <laughs> I, I think, um, thank you, first of all. Like, it's, it's been a, such, a, like, a crazy thing in this past year, especially having, like, dormant, uh, I don't know talents. I don't know dormant <laughs> things that I haven't used in a long time. Artistry. In the artistry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's so hard for me to call it that. Uh, but it's like dormant little things that I've had, and then I can bring forward and actually make something really cool with yeah. along in the process. And I and this goes along with our last podcast as well. Like it's a team of people that really make a thing happen. Anything you see out there, absolutely, there is one artist, there is an amazing person that is the front person, that is the m m driving force of mm -hmm. everything. But at the same time, there's like a team of people that, that helps them do that. Yeah. So like, I don't think I'm just like self-made by any means. I think it's like a little bit from from learning from my like high school teacher mm -hmm. who, who egged me on. This like f high school friends who were better than me and taught me lessons that are still used today. Yeah. And then on top of that, watching other people uh, on YouTube doing different things or watching a master class that happens to be on YouTube that someone put up there. Like, or um, talking to my friend Brett, uh, Brett Dahlenberg, like who is just an amazing editor and like makes it look at yeah makes it look super easy and i'm just like not to say like not to mention but like, well, he could do it <laughs> no he's also paid to do yeah it, he's like, also paid to do job. it like he's a, he's incredible <laughs> he's legit. but i i think for me the idea that i'm able to have like these other talents like start to come out more um really is a confidence boost and mm -hmm. then at the same time it's like well i finally get to do all these other things I've always wanted to with the same energy and passion and, and drive that I had to do for dancing for Lindy Hop stuff for me mm -hmm. into these other things. And now I can really see them out. So I'm always searching out for more opportunities now, yeah. especially during the pandemic. And that's how I pivoted a lot. And like, this is a part of it. Like I've always wanted to work with a board like this and, and like all this <laughs> stuff. It's just, and even, even though right, right now, like we're not touching it or anything, but we did a lot of setup. I know you heard me. I was like, test one, two, test, test, <laughs> test, one, two, test, test, <laughs> test. It's like trying to be super loud to see where the levels were and everything. It's like, what are you yeah. doing <laughs> in there? Knock it off. Yeah. I'm so loud. <laughs> and uh, I think in, it's it's kept me sane. Yeah. I think the the sanity really is can be com, can be confused with like going insane. It's not about that. It's like it's just not letting myself fall in like a sub, such a deep depression but like mm. I, of course there's always the sadness of losing all, so many things in this past year but this has helped me kind of refocus a lot of things taking the time to do all these things that i've always wanted to do and put myself out there in, in a different way and put my energy into it in a different way and try to have this hypothesis of of that idea and then putting it into play mm -hmm. and i think through all that i've been able to fall into another sense of artistry another sense of that that i don't have to be in front of the camera all the time I don't, yeah. I don't have to be on the microphone all the time even though i should be on the microphone all the time i took both microphones and i just put them out to my mouth i'm such, such an idiot anyways <laughs> uh, so i think part part of of everything is the experience right and as everybody says right it's not the end goal it's the experience but yeah. like I, I really do like it's it's 
it's not the end goal. It's all the goals that it takes to get there. And I think uh, the levels of artistry is infinite if you really see it more like a tree mm-hmm. as opposed to a ladder. Mm-hmm. And a tree just grows out yeah. and through and around and to the sides and down through the ground and up again and all around. So I think in, in that sense of it, like uh, it becomes more real it becomes more tangible right. like uh, a tree growing is uh, is defying gravity and like if we def- define ourselves as a tr- as that tree then we can defy gravity as well i think that uh if you want to see how <laughs> some performance artists have pivoted yeah through this time uh definitely follow some burlesque artists <laughs> seriously on instagram <laughs> or tiktok because they are putting out some incredible content and uh, Frankie Fictitious, who is our oh, queen. 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 Um, she just put out this awesome TikTok video yeah. that oh, she was like, meet the team. Yeah, we're totally doing was, that. Yeah. It was uh, it was her going like, producer. Yeah. And it's her. Uh, director. It's yeah. her. Video editing. It's her. <laughs> <laughs> Costumer. It's, it's her. her. Yeah. You know, and, and it's Talent just, agent. Just, exactly. Like, it's... We've all had to switch focus and put on the hats and yeah put on all the hats and learn to do all kinds of yeah, things absolutely um during all of this and uh i'm not gonna say like mikey mentioned this before it's not all like happy-go-lucky like we've definitely had some like down times totally. through all of this absolutely. Where, where we're like forcing each other to to get moving mm-hmm. um but at the same time i think that we've done pretty well mm-hmm. you know like staying busy and staying creative um throughout all of this yeah uh against the odds which has been really amazing mm-hmm. and and i think that's gonna lead us into the na- the last couple things here but I, I i in that closing of it all uh remember that artistry and passion and all that stuff is is only really great if it helps you see a world that you want to live in. Like you're creating something that you want others to experience with you. And you can't always control that experience because it's up to the viewer. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is create such a vibe that, that it can't help but be felt. And um, it kind of reminds me of this thing I used to say. I don't know if it makes sense for, for you. Like you probably won't because it has to do with anime. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, and it's like yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, fancy Asian cartoons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so in particular, like Dragon Ball Z, like everything, they grow up a lot of uh, uh, energy around them and, and it, it, it shines an aura around them and it, and everyone around them is affected by it. Mm. And, and I'm not saying that uh, just to be funny, even though it is funny because they're like squeezing out of poop. Like it's like, <laughs> ah! And, but I think the idea is sound. It, it, Eastern philosophy, that's where they take all of their inspiration from for all those anime ca- cartoons, mm-hmm. um, uh, amazing works of art. Is yeah. that it's it's based on the idea that if you shine brightly, then other people will follow. Other people will be inspired. Other people will then you know help you create the world that you want to live in and th- they want to live in as well. Um, I think if anything that we're doing makes anybody smile for even just a second, or like us, or do anything in the sense of like send a support or send another person support or send yeah. a video to somebody else like the I need you video is going so massively like over 3 million views or every something day. Like yeah. That. Every day there's always a new something that comes out and says like, this made my day. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, I was a part of that. I, I helped 
bring that vision to life with all these other people and I hope we all feel the same way. This is beautiful. That's I, what art is meant to do. I think it's also important to say that if you have not had the energy to create during all of this and um, you feel like the world is passing you by, you are not alone. Absolutely. Like we go through that all the time. We're mm -hmm. all stuck in this. Uh, we've been very fortunate to push each other mm -hmm. through a lot of things um, when we didn't want to totally. a lot of the time. But, um, you know, we recognize that it's it's not that easy. And if you have done nothing but work from home and watch all of Netflix and eat lots of popcorn, like, good for you. I'm yeah. a little bit jealous of Seriously. you. Seriously. Oh, my God. Um, I can't. I, I, I think it's important to know that <laughs> it's totally okay and you don't have to feel like you have to be creating all the time, even if you are a creative. And I think that that's something that we struggle with a lot, too. Like, oh, we're not doing enough. We got to do more. We got we to gotta get on Reels because Reels is a new thing. Like, whatever it is. TikTok. We got to get on TikTok. I definitely don't have fucking energy. <laughs> it's a daily thing. It. It's a daily thing. We're like so happy that people share TikToks onto Instagram because then we're like, cool, I don't have to go over there and look at yeah. it. This is, this is perfect. <laughs> but it's okay. I think that's super important. Even if you're an artistic, creative person and you've done nothing during this fucking pandemic, good for you. You don't have to do everything, anything or everything and that's totally fine. Exactly. And I think with, with that, um, I can only just reiterate exactly what you said. Like, it's so important for everybody to understand. It's, it's not a chase. We're not chasing each other. We're just trying to support each other. The more we support each other, the more all those awesome, awesome opportunities will come up. Um, even, even if you're just not inspired to, it's totally fine. Yeah. Sometimes um, it's like force rehearsals to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't want them. Exactly. <laughs> so in closing, what we want to do is we want to ask each other three questions. I, I will be doing the asking to Nikki first. So here we go. Typical. I know. Well, I wrote them. So yeah. And I can't see that. Far, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Four feet in front of you. No, no, what is it? How many fingers am I holding that's up? Like nope, that's wrong. Feet. Okay. That's so. Way too far. <laughs> so if we were able to use all of our energy and time and effort and everything it takes into, uh, everything it took to get us to a point of artistry that we are now and put it into some other art form, mm -hmm. like as a hypothetical, what would yeah. you do? Or maybe like a dream. What other it's art really form? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um. God, I I feel like it could be a couple different things. Mm. I know that uh, before I got into dancing, mm. I really when I was in college before I quit for dancing. Don't, <laughs> don't go to school, kids. And then you quit college for dancing, right? Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Before I quit for dancing, yeah. don't do that. Go to school. School is good. Um, but don't you want to school? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> not going to school is great. Um, I really wanted to go into marketing and film. Oh, yeah. And I think that I would have found my artistic self mm -hmm. through creating advertisements mm -hmm. and marketing because that's uh, still a huge part of my life. Totally. With my businesses. And um, yeah, I think that's what it would be. That's I, a good I one. think that I, I probably would have gone to school. I had this dream that <laughs> I would because I grew up in Victorville, which is the desert middle of nowhere. You guys been to Vegas before? You, you pass passed it. through it. Yes. <laughs> um, I thought that I was going to move to Orange County and I was going to finish school and I was going to go work at Disney for marketing. 
I don't know. It was just like the Orange County thing to you do. You know, the Orange County dream. Who <laughs> knows? Uh-huh. Welcome, Nikki. Come on in. Uh-huh. I had family that worked for a, a corporate uh, yeah, yeah. Epcot. So yeah, yeah. I, I kind of idolized that, that totally. ideal. Totally. I'm just making jokes, but sure, that's no. like that's such a great place to be. Yeah, and we have so many friends that work there. But I, I feel like um, I, I could have seen myself actually yeah. following through with that. Totally. If it wasn't for Lindy Hop. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, I'm so much yeah. more happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the answer for me is like re- actually really easy. I've thought about this a lot of times and it's, it's varied over the times. But right now around this time, it's always like this. It's I, I, I go home and I look at my guitar and I see it sitting up there. And I'm like, mm. <sighs> but it's late. Uh, and that would be one of the things I, I, I remember practicing hours on end and being like, oh, my gosh, I think I just did one song over and over again for like four hours. And um, I think that's where all my time and energy would go to is mm-hmm. trying to be a musician a little bit more. Hmm. I know I was definitely getting there like for a while. I was like writing my own m- moody songs with my hair <laughs> that I couldn't flip because it was always going up. My hair never <laughs> fell in front of my face. It would just go upward. And all this is just product in my hair. Listen, well, maybe you should product. write a theme song. Um, it would be, it would be, she's got hair, he's got hair. Yay. We're pretty. We also talk. Did you know we're funny? <laughs> Maybe don't. Rhythm and Maybe booze. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, but yeah, I would try to be, I would try to be a musician and uh, play my guitar more, especially oh, try to do that. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely miss it a lot of times and that's okay. Like it's, it's fine. I look at it. The guitar looks at me and we go, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> someday next question we say during the during the pandemic what other ways we found to use art and i think this one's we've already touched on a little bit already talked about it but i think we we have a couple more yeah um we we both i mean we've talked about doing video Mm -hmm. and video productions and those kinds of things but um we've both gotten into photography yes exactly with my camera yeah (laughs) it's so much fun it yeah. is so crazy I fun. I did a photo shoot today, actually, yeah. which actually turned into two photo shoots. <laughs> That's how it happens. That's what happens when a model is the stylist. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, can you just like go pose yeah. for a minute? Yeah. I need to balance those colors or something. Yeah. I need, I need to was, white balance your skin. It was awesome. <laughs> I love, I mean... And that's that's something we didn't talk about is as another form of art is modeling. Absolutely. And I've done a lot of modeling and it's so fun to be on the other side of the camera. Totally. I didn't know. Well, I I kind of foresee that happening. You pushed it on I me. pushed it on you, but like no, no like I I saw it. you know why? Why? And it's going to sound shitty, but it is shitty. Like you're super critical. <laughs> you're super critical on mostly yourself. Yeah. I'd say like 90%, but like 10% I would be on anything else you see. But the thing is th- I'm not going to say judgy because one it's overused that word. And two <laughs> I, two I think it's a finality. I think okay. cr- I, I think a critique or, or or being critical on something you see is then acting on it afterwards. Like you're going to hold on to that idea, "Oh, I didn't like this thing in this one thing I saw," but then it spurs up, "This is what I would do," and then you do it. Hmm. That's what I think is the, is the healthy difference is it's one thing to be like, well, that sucks. And then yeah. that, that being the end, it's like, well, I didn't like this or I didn't like the way I held my hand here. So I'm going to do this, this again right here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hold my hand like this because mm-hmm. I feel like it looks better. Right. And, and so I think in that sense, any dancing, any burlesque thing, anything in general is to see yourself do the thing and then give yourself the note or have somebody else you trust give you a note, then you try that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the process, again, through a team or the process in general of being an artist. Like you have to pass it through something to then kind of feel it out and then get yeah. to a final product that you enjoy. I felt like I was pretty good with an iPhone 
<laughs> yeah, right. This is definitely a, a whole new medium. And There's more buttons. Yeah. I'm like, what does this setting do? I'll yeah. take some on this setting uh, and see what happens. Yeah. And uh, watch. We're going to put this out there. And people are going to start sending you messages like, here, watch this video. I know. I know. Uh, I took photography in high school. Who didn't? And <laughs> I could never get past. Because you remember you had to like. Go in the black actually, room, No, you actually room. process your film. Like yeah. you had to put your hands in the bag. Yeah. And you had to like without looking do the whole thing. And I could never do it. So I always had somebody do it for me. Typical. <laughs> But I like the other part. Yeah. The dark room. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of let it go. Cause yeah. I felt like, oh, it's too hard. Well, it's gotten a lot easier now. Well, yeah. Uh, so digital art is, is way more accessible. For sure. So if you have videos and uh, ideas and tutorials for Nikki, go ahead and send it and over. And Mikey. No, he's, no. He's not, he actually is really good. He grabs my camera and yeah. takes all kinds of stuff. It was super so. fun. It was. It's super fun. Um, just grab a phone and even the phones nowadays are great. So like yeah, if you can find amazing. artistry in there, like there's so many different ways and apps and ways to do it. Like don't kid yourself and think that you're not going to become at least or learn one little thing and then be in the process of being some sort of artist. You're going to learn something. Yeah. If you add a little bit of yourself, you'll get that in return. Mm -hmm. And the last thing, the last question right now is your dream art gig job question Ooh. mark, your dream thing. Dream. I mean, I can I can go first. I give you one. Okay, to go. That way. Here you go. What's so, your like, dream the, gig. The dream, dream gig would job. be like honestly, like if we were in a show, like whether it be like a stage show or a, a like TV show that was like a variety show, and we were just dancers in the back, mm. and then like slowly being a part of the group of everybody that being there because we know how much people are around and mm -hmm. teams it makes mm -hmm. to make any kind of production happen on stage or TV or anything. But I would have loved to have done something like that and been like, the dancers, yeah, here we go. We do the, like the two minutes of dancing and yeah. they barely show us and then we're off. And I'm like, <laughs> yay. And I think that spurs mostly just because of my, like, oh, like when I was a kid uh, thinking about, so you think you dance? Yeah. And like trying to be, like wanting to be on, the, on that show and like yeah. wanting to be there and be the dancer on the show. Like that sounded like an amazing job. Mm -hmm. And that would be my dream gig. Huh. I think, about you? I think my dream gig would be uh a choreographer mm. for industry work just so you can have that assistant huh yeah. take notes you could be my assistant <laughs> i'm <laughs> not gonna notes i'm not gonna notes this, this, don't don't kid no, yourself I, this I is think, like I horrible think as i get older yeah. i don't feel the need to be in the spotlight as much mm. and i think if i mean we're speaking like hypothetically yeah future totally dream job mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's where I would rather be like consultant and yeah. <laughs> uh, um, a choreographer Absolutely. and have my assistant and be like three turns, you know, instead yeah. of doing it myself yeah. <laughs> and, and saying what I want to happen mm -hmm. and, and creating that because I feel like I, uh, I've done a lot of these things and I, yeah. I have a, a pretty good understanding of, of what it takes. I remember a long time ago uh, when we went our schism, schism ways. Yeah, it's a whole other podcast. We'll talk about it another time. It'll be a very special episode. It'll be like that Will and Jada episode. <laughs> when they stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like four or five. Four but five. It's like, yeah. um, anyways, <laughs> the 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 thing that happened was like I I uh, I I saw you do a lot more things in, in the local business of Hollywood, those showbiz mm -hmm. baby. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was I was like, yeah, it's cool. And I remember being burned so many times for myself yeah. that I just didn't want to be a part of that so i left it alone for so long so it just hit me as you were talking about that and i was like oh yeah like i didn't want that forever like that is mm -hmm. a thing that now because of um doing the the music video and doing the couple of the music videos that we've done together plus on top of that the whole industry changing over 
to mm-hmm. more acceptance and more more inclusivity yeah. uh, uh, all around. So I'm like, wow, maybe I actually do have a voice here now, and and I can speak confidently on a, on a few things that I know I'm right. good about. Well, I think I think there's another side of it to me as well, and I've done those types of of industry performances where we're considered background yeah. and they just beat the shit out of the dancers. Oh, totally, totally. Um, and then I've done the other side where we're principal dancers. Yeah. And and really what it comes down to is the choreographer. And the choreographer mm-hmm. has a say in how the dancers are treated. Right. And just seeing that from the other side, I would love to be in that position where I could take care of the dancers. Totally. In that way, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> I think in closing uh, for this whole thing, uh, one thing I want to address in general is because we are Lindy Hoppers, mm-hmm. uh, we are definitely uh, humble guests in the culture of Lindy Hop, which is black. And it should be said every time that we talk about it like this. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of the reason as Americans, we have a, sort of this hard time dealing with us being artists and calling ourselves artists in the Lindy Hop community right? Uh, because we aren't black. Because we feel and that we're guests. Yeah. And I think in general, it's I'm not going to speak for you because your experience is very different from my experience. And my experience is that I'm neither white or black. And I feel um, I don't feel entitled on anything, but I do feel that I am a guest and I'm very humbled. And I try nothing but to bring the legacy of everything that we've learned and everybody we learn from and everybody who we hold as legends of, of swing dancing and Liddy Hop with us and all their struggles and all of the crazy, amazing fairy tale stories sometimes. They're like, okay. <laughs> but but then yeah. there's also like the real reality if you read mm-hmm. any sort of anthropology book about the times that it grew up in and you, and you just look back. Like I just read something today for Black History Month. I think it was from the, I want to say Yukon uh, Swing and Blues people on instagram Hmm. and they were just talking about like how it was just like trashed like pushed down until someone else white said it was really cool then they were like really cool great ragtime sounds fun um i think in general we always have to realize that uh we are guests and we we do hold up and we can be pillars of this culture as long as we remember where where we are and where we came from and and in that i feel confident calling myself an artist as a lindy hopper uh, knowing that I will always carry all of that knowledge and that uh, that legacy with me. Beautifully said. I feel like I can just leave it at that cool. and feel really good about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, so yeah, it, it is, it is um, you know, we are very fortunate mm-hmm. that we have had time to spend, uh, you know, actual in-person time with some of the legends mm-hmm. of this dance and, and be able to carry that with us and yeah. pass that along and, uh, amplify uh, the underprivileged voices in our mm-hmm. scene that uh, are going to carry this further. Exactly for us. Yeah, and not not just to for keep themselves, it actually not just to keep it one sided because also like uh, I got to experience the burlesque hall of fame before everything went to hell, uh, and that was very very similar mm-hmm. in the sense yeah. of uh, of a lot of uh, voices being shut down because of the color of their skin That's right. and. But on top of that, a lot of women being shut down mm-hmm. for just being women and expressing themselves they wanted to be the way they wanted to express. I think there's this kind of a, a feeling that like, oh, they were so much more pleasant in the past. And, and like, oh, they were so much nicer. And, you know, the ladies did this and the gentlemen did this, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, 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 no. 
Everyone, everyone <laughs> fucked around. Everyone was fucking crazy no matter what yeah. time period you think you are in. Well, especially when you're talking about burlesque because yeah. it wasn't an art form back then. It was a fucking job. Yeah. You're, you go to strip to make money. Yeah. You know, it's an art form now yeah. and they took artistry in, in what they did, but really they, you know, they, they were paving the way for exactly. all of us to be able to do what we're doing today. And, and I feel like in the same sense that you have told me a lot of those stories and a lot of those histories and you've take, taken this energy that you put into Lindy Hop before of learning all that stuff into burlesque and then brought that forward as well. Like you may, like I remember sitting there on the Legends night and you were telling me every little thing about every legend that came, oh, this is this and this is this. I was like, Oh my God, you fucking know everything about this. This is so, <laughs> this is so amazing. This is blowing yeah. my mind. This is so, so cool. Like, it's so great. I get an interpreter while I'm watching everybody <laughs> on stage right now. Um, so I yeah. think in that sense, again, is another uh, way that we've taken all of our energy and time and put it into something else and mm-hmm. learning that and understanding that and being a part of that culture is, is definitely a part of moving on to any, any art form. Yeah. So with that... Being said, we we're gonna it. put we it to a close. Episode two. Episode two. This is still under under uh, the one one hour and twenty minute mark, so that's nice. good. Thank nice. you guys so much for listening uh, to the podcast. Uh, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and Spotify, anywhere. I'm trying to follow the script I wrote for myself. Oh. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Okay. Okay. So anywhere you listen to podcasts, <laughs> please uh, feel free to uh, rate and review us. It helps out a lot. It really does. So if anybody's listening out there, just leave us review or five stars or, you know, whatever. If you don't like the way we talk, then one star. It doesn't matter. Either. But um, <laughs> the last thing we want to talk about is also we have a Patreon uh, where we put up uh, dance breakdowns, uh, choreography and mini lessons in the sense of like we actually teach a move or we teach a, a we teach we teach. Crazy. We do teach to a camera. <laughs> Best student ever. Never asked a question. And uh, we also put up like only exclusives like the podcast will go up there first for a couple days and then will be released to everybody else. Um, and then uh, what else do we have on there? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing with your life? You go. Get out of here. Uh, I, think, I think you pretty much covered it. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're good. So, uh, hey, if you want us to interview something if, if, or Somebody. <laughs> something. Something. <laughs> something like this bottle. <laughs> How do you feel the podcast went today, Mr. Uh, a stranger? Sadly, this is only one glass in. Uh, rhythm and booze, everybody. Um, <laughs> if there's somebody that you would like us to interview, that's what we want to do in here. We totally. want to we want to talk to other people and find out their experiences. Uh, so send us a message. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll send us through Instagram. Uh, well, I can say our handles. You guys know it. And Facebook. And if not, you don't know it. Just look up our names. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. This has been really fun. Uh, I would like another glass of um, the red stuff, please. Tall Dark Stranger. Yeah, that too. Malbec. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.